Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a Tuesday afternoon edition of the show, a pretty busy one as well as the Bucks have been getting busy trimming down their roster to 53 players. We got to thank the Bucks because they pretty much set up the whole team before this podcast even started, yeah. even though they had until 4 p.m at the deadline. So we're going to break down the Bucks roster, biggest surprises, things maybe that we would have changed with it and everything else in between. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me as my fellow co-host from pewterreport.com, the face that runs the place at Peter Report, SR Scott Reynolds. And Scott, the other day I said, I wouldn't hate if they kept six outside linebackers. And by God, the, the Bucks did it. They kept six outside linebackers. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And, and the thing is, is man, there's, Todd Bowles wasn't kidding, right? When he no. said that that outside linebacker would be the hardest position to trim on this roster, and you know he couldn't make up his mind about the five. He wanted six, and you know what? It makes sense when you look at it now because they've gotten rid of Pat O'Connor, and that was probably the biggest surprise that that news actually came down during yesterday's show. But Cam Gill is a really good quality special teams player. Yes. And and I think Marquise Watts certainly had the athleticism to be a dynamic special teams player as well. So those guys are going to be contributors, right? And and uh I I think that one of those guys probably takes on that Pat O'Connor role in special teams and by yeah. doing that it allows them to keep Mike Green on the roster and he's a player that's more of a young up and coming probably a better defensive tackle and we've seen Mike Green now the last couple of games enter the game in the preseason with the, with the second strings that tells you what they've thought about Mike green. So, yeah, I mean, six outside linebackers, but you know what, for a team that maybe still has some question marks about Shaq Barrett, can he, yeah. can he make that comeback successfully? Can he stay healthy? Joe try and is he going to, you know, really turn his career around and go from being, you know, a Jag, which is just a guy to a guy that is, is worthy of that first round draft pick that best in them. This was a Buccaneer team, Matt, that last year at the end of the season had to play JTS and Anthony Nelson for three straight games every single snap because they were out of edge rushers. So, yeah, if if pass rush, if it all starts up front, which it does with the pass rush, then, yeah, keep more pass rushers, especially some young developmental guys. Cam Gill had a good preseason. Marquise Watts had a good preseason. Both these guys were deserving of making the team. And Charles Snowden made it very difficult, too, another yeah. outside linebacker that got cut but wouldn't be shocked if he's on the practice squad. But I think you hit the nail on the head, Scott. I think they definitely had last season in mind with JTS and Anthony Nelson playing so many snaps because of right. all the injuries that went on to this team. And more than anything else, I think keeping six outside linebackers, while a little surprising, one, I think both guys are very deserving. I mean, I think you could have flipped the coin yeah. Marquise Watts or Cam Gill, who should have been kept if they were only going to keep five. But yeah, more than anything else, just a little reassurance if Shaq takes a little bit to truly be Shaq Barrett. And that is Marquise yeah. Watts, just so everyone is yeah. aware. Shaq Barrett is number seven, but Marquise right. Watts hopefully to channel the 2019 and 2020 Shaq Barrett yeah, right. wearing uh, number 58. That obviously would be uh, <laughs> music to the Bucks' ears. But yeah, I think just making sure that you have enough depth at a position where, like you said, JTS, will he be fully – we know he's healthy. He's been running around. He's right. been doing everything. But he's only played a little bit in the preseason, obviously, with all the starters. 
if, if something, if there's a setback or anything like that, you right. got to be covered there. And, and JTS, yes, he looked good last game in the preseason, but he also looked pretty good as a rookie in the preseason, and that yeah. didn't really amount to anything. So well, I remember, I remember JTS last year in Tennessee. Josh Capo and I were sitting there watching yeah. the first quarter. He was all over the field. He was the best player on the field. But it's so much. Uh, that is, can you sustain that? Can you, you know, it, can can that translate into finishes? Right. Like for example. Now, granted, Josh Johnson's still a very mobile quarterback, even yeah. in his 30s. But that was an instance where JTS was chasing uh, down Josh Johnson and ended up tackling him for a two-yard gain rather than getting him for a two-yard loss with the sack. So mm-hmm. still a work in progress. Not going to sit there and beat JTS up about his game quite yet. He's still learning, and I think he's still under the tutelage of George Edwards, who this yeah. this team really has a lot of high, high hopes for in terms of getting these young pass rushers, you know, uh, uh, into shape and, and getting after the quarterback and getting them on the ground. Yeah, so that's another thing I'm really thinking of is what was one of the main goals of the Bucks for this offseason? Jason Light said it at Indy. It was get younger and get faster. And I think yeah. outside linebacker is kind of the epitome for both of that because more than right. anything else, one of these young guys is going to step up. Cam Gill's still right. fairly young, even though he's been in the league for a little while now. Marquise Watts yeah. just just licking his chops trying to get in there. Yaya Diaby, a rookie as well. So if JTS doesn't pick it up, someone else will, as Christopher Cole says, Watts is a beast. So I kind of yeah. like the idea of it's very much survival of the fittest at outside yeah. linebacker right now. JTS is the starter going in, but especially this year for – Todd Bowles, where it's all hands on deck, he doesn't have room for too much patience of this guy needs to develop or that guy needs to develop. If JTS doesn't bring it within the first month of the season, let's remember the Bucks have that early bye in week five right. before they come back for the cream school game, which we're all excited for. If yeah. JTS isn't holding up his end of the bargain, I wouldn't be shocked if Anthony Nelson comes in and he becomes the starter or if Yaya yeah. really lights it up in a limited amount of play. Obviously, yeah. he can do it as a pass rusher, but can he bring everything else that is required of an outside linebacker in right. this specific defense? I think that's something to keep an eye on moving forward for the regular season, which is next week, which is really exciting to say. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's always disappointing when rookies miss the preseason, right? We saw that it happen last year with, with Zion McCollum. He played in the first preseason game against the Dolphins and missed the last two, and it just set him back, right? I, I have to believe Kalijah Kansi, he might end up having a great rookie season, but it could have even been better with these three preseason games. Yaya yeah. Diaby missed the Jets game, right? So you had Servasia Dennis missing the last two preseason games. It's unfortunate because three really young, promising defensive players are going to be, I think, cornerstones moving forward for this Bucks defense. But the rookie season is going to be stymied a little bit by these missed reps in the, uh, in the preseason, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, we got a couple of super chats to get to. We'll start with Scott Jacks. Thank you so much for the 1999 super yeah, chat, Scott. You. Scott to Scott says, uh, "Thanks for the center update, Scott." Talking about Reynolds, yeah. uh, I think that was for me. Question mark. Uh, haha. I just think with the G- that was me saying haha. I wasn't yeah. actually laughing at it. I th- I just think with the GM talking about Malk at center. If we need a second center, Leverett or Malk, Leverett to guard, please. Yeah, I, I think this team really likes Cody Malk at guard. Now, again, uh, going back to 2017, the Buccaneers had a, a spectacular guard come in in the second round in the 2015 draft named Ali Marpet, who was a left tackle at Hobart College. They played him at guard, and they had this idea that maybe he could play center. 
And they tried Ali Marpet there, and he was a decent center. In 2017, he was a decent center, but he was a better guard. He was a Pro Bowl caliber guard. He got the Pro Bowl uh, bid finally in 2020, but we all agree that he was certainly a Pro Bowl caliber player before that. So uh, will they end up moving Cody Malk to, to center? I don't know. Could he do it? Possibly. I think that Joe Gilbert once told me that this is a guy that can play all five positions, but they're sticking him a guard now. They're seeing how, how it works. Robert Hainsey is going to be the, the center for this year. Yep. But moving forward, they're going to make some determinations long-term based on how Hainsey plays. If Hainsey really steps up his level of play and goes from being, you know, uh, an okay player to a player that that is ascending and, and has some real promise, then I, I think they're pretty excited about what the future might hold for Hainsey at the position and you know, he'll be in a contract here, not this year, but next year in yeah. 2024. So it's certainly going to behoove him to, to do that. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm encouraged by what I've seen so far in camp and also in the preseason from Hainsey, but they're, they are going to give him some competition. The important takeaway is with Ryan Jensen, he's most likely done. Yeah. And when I, when I say that it's with the heavy heart, I don't wish that upon him, but you, you can't regrow cartilage. Uh, and, and and when you don't have cartilage in your knee, it's bone on bone, and that is pain. That is not that's not um, discomfort. That's pain. Okay. Now Ryan Jensen will probably be able to walk around and have some discomfort, but when you do football things, Matt, and you're expected to do right. football things, uh, that is a different story. So with Ryan Jensen, most likely either retiring or being cut after this season because he's going to get paid for the entire year. He's on injured reserve. Mm-hmm. He's going to be an injured reserve, technically. Then the team will still have a cap burden next year of of possibly $11 million. Now, there is some amount of savings. They can save about $700,000 by releasing Jensen before June 1, as Josh Capo pointed out in his article. But, Matt, I think the biggest thing is, is you still have that $11 million occupying some salary cap space, yeah. right? So that means you have a starting center salary already on your team in the form of Ryan Jensen, even though he would not be a Buccaneer next year. So I don't think the Buccaneers can go out in free agency and spend a bunch of money on another center, right? Yeah. I think Robert Hainsey's competition is either going to come from this roster, maybe if the team wants to move Malkin inside and give him a try next year at center, or more likely they'll just draft the center or another player and move him inside the center as they did with Robert Hainsey. Right. And Jason Light spoke a lot during this offseason about bargain hunting, finding those diamonds right. in the rough. Ryan Neal at safety is a perfect example of someone that they can bring in, help the team be effective, and come at a a, a pretty decent price. I think we're going to see a little bit of bargain hunting next offseason as well. And uh, we'll get to Kenny's uh, Super Chat in just a moment. Thank yeah. you so much, Kenny. Uh, the last thing I'll just say about Malk and, and everything like that, it is interesting if we were going to configure the roster. I think, like, eventually Cody Mao could, uh, you know, could play center. Because, again, we talked about this a little bit on yesterday's show, yeah. that Mao did move around during the Senior Bowl. But I think right. he's been so focused. You know, you just got to get your feet wet in the NFL. Yeah, you've exactly. been so focused. As, exactly. You've been so focused on just playing guard in the NFL. Right. To move from last second to center, I don't think that does any good for anybody. Now, if you yeah. want to do this – Next season, and you go into OTAs being like, Cody, we're going to train you at center. I think that would be way more beneficial for everybody because, I don't know, I could see a weird situation where, like, if Hainsey gets hurt, yeah, 
like you have Aaron Stinney who can't play center. He can only play guard. Like, would right. you move Cody Mauk to center and then you could put Stinney in that guard, but you have Nick Leverett as well. But yeah. as we've talked about, we don't really trust Leverett at center. So there's yeah. a lot of different moving parts for the box. I, I think, I I think you know that, Matt. I mean, it, to me, this is Cody Mauk's, uh, this is his first season, right? He's, he's coming from North Dakota state to the NFL going from left tackle to center. And, and with the center position, Man, you got to be able to do the line calls. You have to be able to know yeah. the protections and everything. And I think Cody Malk right now is just getting his feet wet in the NFL. And He's a very smart player. So I'm not ruling that out for the future. But but even Ali Marpet wasn't thrust into that until a little bit later in his career. I think, what, three years later, 2017 yeah. is when he first made yeah. the move to center. Plus, when you're snapping under center, that's one thing. The quarterback's right there. It's a little tougher to, right. to botch the snap. But when you're on shotgun, too, and you're thinking about, like, oh, I got to do this on this play, and I got to block that guy in front of me and everything like that, that leads to sometimes a bad snap and things like that. Yeah. And you can't have that, especially in this offense where there's a lot of timing. I played center and offensive tackle when I played in high school. And I can yeah. tell you, like, sometimes when you got so much things running through your head, you kind of forget, oh, I got to snap the ball, too, and right. make it an effective snap. Because yeah. if you don't get the right snap right away, the whole play is screwed. Sure. So just and and, and snapping is an box. art. That's something Cody Malk has not done before, right? Yeah. It's like shotgun snapping is an art. Um, getting the snap down. And then it's also the protections. It's an awful lot. I, I don't believe Cody Malk is, is going to be moving to center anytime yeah. soon. Um, yeah, I, so, again, yeah. with Ali Marpet, who is a Pro Bowl caliber guard and one of the smartest you know, players I've ever had the chance of meeting, they didn't even try that till his third season. So right. I, I think it's it's yeah, safe to say it's that, something that to keep, will probably be a guard next year as well. It's something to keep it in the back of your mind for yeah. uh, future He's under four-year contract. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sure. Uh, let's get to the super chat from Kenny Cellini. Thank you so much, Kenny, for the 499 super chat, who says, first time I can catch this live. That's awesome. Yes. Glad you're able to watch us. Uh, you guys are my go-to for anything Bucks news and reports. Surprised about Russell uh jj russell i believe you're talking yeah. about mm -hmm. uh how long before we find out if he can return well again thank you kenny for the super chat so that was one of the surprising moves i think by the bucks is that they uh released jj russell just based on how good of a preseason yeah. that he was having now obviously i think the bucks would love to have him back on the practice squad it's just uh whether or not he will clear through waivers and come back to the bucks but yeah he was very, very improved. 11 tackles that last game cost a couple of turnovers. So I think this is a guy, I mean, it happened last year. You know, he was yeah. he was in uh, contention with uh, Olakunle Fadukasi, who's right. now somewhere else in the league. Um, and he didn't win that job, but he ended up on the practice squad and then eventually right. made it onto the 53-man roster. So um, could see a very similar situation this season with J.J. Russell. Yeah, and I think the two uh, things that you have to consider, too, is, is Servasier Dennis, the Buccaneers, have high hopes for him. He yeah. wasn't going anywhere, even though he missed these two preseason games. He's done enough, right, to really impress this team in practice. Didn't have a great preseason opener against the Steelers, but I think the best is yet to come for him. K.J. Britt is just one of those guys that the Tide Bowls trusts, and he is a player that that uh, is a core special teamer as well. So it would have been tough to unseat both of those players. Now, the one caveat is, Will Servassier Dennis and KJ Britt both be healthy enough to travel and possibly play in Minnesota? Because neither one of those guys played due to injury on Saturday night against the Ravens. You don't want to go into a game with only two inside linebackers, right? You yeah. And, White and, and Levante David. Now, if you're going to have two healthy guys, those are the two guys you want, but you're going to need a backup player 
And so I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if uh, you see J.J. Russell return to the practice squad because he knows this defense, and then he's one of those game day elevations just in case they need him. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what the infatuation with KJ Britt is, to be totally honest with you. I like I'm I know he's you. solid. I know he's solid on special teams, but as yeah. we talked about before, the Bucks special teams hasn't been good, particularly in coverage where yeah. he can make his biggest impact. And now that he's injured too, like it makes even kind of less sense. I mean, I, I I guess if you really view him as your inside linebacker three, right. depending on what because he's in the same boat with Servase in terms of being injured at the time. And I guess the tie goes to the veteran in this situation, but I don't know. I just, I don't really see it with, uh, with KJ Britt as to why he needs to be held onto the roster instead of, you know, just trying to get him onto the practice squad. But we have another super chat. Love all these super chat. Thank Thank you you so much guys. Jimmy B with the four 99 super chat with the, uh, Oh, who's that actor? Um, I watch a show right now. Steve Martin. Anyway. Yeah. Steve Martin, only murders in the building. Great show. Definitely recommend it. Uh, everyone stay safe and remember, don't try and be a hero during the storm. Thank you so much for that sentiment. Yes, we hope everybody. We're a wild and crazy it. guy. <laughs> That's old school Steve Martin there. That's All right, past, cool. your, that's past your, your time, Matt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, appreciate the sentiment, Jimmy B. Everyone, please stay safe. Uh, Bucks actually canceled practice tomorrow yep. due to the inclement weather we are supposed to get with uh, Hurricane Eladia. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing, Italia, too, is we're not, yeah. not going to be having a show tomorrow, right? Cause we just want everybody in Florida to stay safe and focus on their families and their well being. So we're going to have a practice. Uh, or the Bucks will have a practice on Thursday. We'll have a show on Thursday and possibly a show on Friday. So keep that in mind. No Peter report podcast tomorrow. We want the Peter report staff to be focused on making sure everything is safe and hunky dory with their situations rather than putting together a podcast show and, and working uh, on Peter report. We have some stories already in the hopper ready to go yeah. for, for, uh, for tomorrow, but uh, that's just it. Yeah. So, Oh, we got a super <laughs> chat from Peter reports own JC Allen, JC. Thank you for watching. And thank you for the one ninety nine super chat it says Peter report squad killing it. Stay safe yeah. people. Thank you so much, JC. JC was huge with all of the, uh, the roster cuts going on. Yes. And um, yeah. So appreciate the super chat, JC. Awesome. That was awesome. Another thing I appreciate so, so much is the variety of flavors that Celsius Energy Drink brings to the table. Of course, Celsius is the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. There's so many flavors to choose from, including their newest flavor, the Cosmic Vibe, which is a sparkling. yesterday. There you go. It's a uh, sparkling fruit punch. They have a ton of different flavors. I've had the cucumber lime a lot lately. Um, You see the... Lemon lime and sparkling orange up there as well. Arctic vibes, my personal favorite. Uh, grape is great too, along with the Arctic vibes. So, uh, no sugars in these drinks, no uh, post energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with another product out there. Just delicious flavors. So, if you not want to know where to find one, go to the Celsius store locator on their website. You punch in your address and it'll tell you the closest geographical location in the world where you can find one and pick it up at your local Walmart, Target, your health and wellness store, health and fitness store, 7-Eleven, or your bodega. Bodega. And uh, once you go to your bodega and you're like, I love it so much, I want more, get that variety pack. Get it in bulk because as I talked about, there's so many awesome flavors. So variety is the spice of life. Pick up a variety pack by going over to Amazon. Click on the subscribe and save, and you can have it sent to your residence every week, month, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want. Make Celsius your number one pick the official energy drink of the Peter Report 
podcast. And if I may, real quick, Scott, I got this yep. message yesterday uh, from SJ. Shout out SJ. We were DMing uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, uh, he said a couple of nice words about the podcast. So he's a big fan of it. Awesome. Uh, he said uh, he's been on and off Twitter the last few months. So uh, he was just getting back onto it. Mm-hmm. I want to let you guys know I was down in Nashville the week of August 14th. I finally, and he says this in all caps, I finally got a chance to try Celsius as we don't have it up here in Canada where he lives. There you, go. Uh, you guys aren't kidding around. Celsius made me feel better <laughs> after some late nights at the Honky Tonks on Broadway, yes. man. Love you guys. <laughs> yeah. Hope you all are doing well. So, SJ, I hope you don't mind me reading that out loud. But I yeah. uh, appreciate your support of Pewter Report and of Celsius. I'm telling you, if yes. you try it, a uh, big chance that you're going to absolutely love it. So I yeah. just want to send that message from uh, from SJ. About a year ago, same same time frame, middle of August, we were there at the um, the, yeah, the joint practice. Titans joint practices yeah. as well as the game in Nashville. Did the same thing. Hopped on Celsius.com, clicked on the store locator, found the nearest Celsius. And yes, they really do help you after a long night at the honky tonks. I can definitely back up that <laughs> statement 1000%. So very, very cool. Good stuff. Uh, we got another super chat to yeah. get to you again. You super chat us. You cut the line. We'll That's get right. to your question ASAP. Uh, and Mike Mikhail Aro, thank you so much for the $5 super chat. They say, do you think the kickoff and punt coverage will be better? You know what? I, I'm, I wrote about this in the Bucks mailbag on Monday. I'm a little bullish on special teams. Call me, me crazy. But I, I just am. I, I You look at, at the changes they made. Chase McLaughlin is perfect in the preseason. Knock on wood. When I say perfect, I mean made all of his extra points, all of his field goals, even some from 58 yards multiple times, right? So that's pretty good. Jake Camarda, he has struggled with some consistency. He's got one, like, lights-out highlight punt, and then one that you're like, yeah, come on. The talent's there. He just has got to get the control and the yeah. consistency going, right? I like Devin Tompkins as a return guy. I'm, I'm excited about the Bucks return game for the first time in a long time. I think you are too, Matt. Then you throw in Trey Palmer as the backup return guy. Sure, why not? And I believe the coverage units with the with the new blood, with the Marquise Watts, with Josh Hayes, with with uh, you know Servasia Dennis, Yaya Diaby going down there and covering punts and kicks. I, I they have the talent and the speed to go down there and make some things happen. On that very first punt, Josh Hayes was the guy that was yeah. racing down the field and forced a fair catch inside the twenty. So, so I'm optimistic, Matt. I am split here. I am split because in terms of uh, the return game, I do think it is going to be better. I think, you know, Devin Tompkins got the role during last season after yeah. he began on the practice squad. So I think a whole year under his belt, uh, he had a he had a good return that last game, I believe. So um, yeah. I, I think the return game will be better. And especially, right. it, it, and if Devin Tompkins struggles, then you throw Trey Palmer in there, and he's got just as good speed and obviously doing a lot of great things. So I feel yeah. good about that. In terms of the coverage itself, I get that they have gotten faster, and maybe that will help. But I still right. just haven't seen it yet. Um, kick return, I'm not as worried about because you just say, hey, McLaughlin, just kick it out of the end yeah. zone, touchback. But punt return, you know, there was a bad punt coverage against the Jets game with Gibson, uh, the returner for the Jets. I'm I'm still not sold on their on their return coverage yet. So that yeah, you, you got to prove it to me before I'm actually gonna believe it and be optimistic about it. But the return game wise, I feel good about that. So I'm 50 50 when it comes to it. Yeah. But we got another super chat from uh, Uch Ebo. I apologize if I'm not saying that correct or Uche like Josh Uche. 
I believe plays for the Patriots. Yeah. Anyway, uh, four ninety nine super chat. Thank you so much. Thank says, you. We are in a weird spot with Bowles. If he's bad, can you really fire him and bring in a new coach slash regime who will likely want to replace Canales? This is a great question. I've actually yeah. thought about this a lot because I think it's really detrimental to uh, the whole offense in general. Because if you fire Todd Bowles, you're still going to have a lot of the core nucleus of this Bucks team that's going to have to right. relearn an entire new offense. And granted, if you're starting out with a new quarterback, then okay, I get it. You can kind of do that. There is also, and I'm not rooting for this, I'm not championing for it, but it has right. crossed my mind. Dave Canales, I think, has already made a huge impact on the Bucks' offense, in the right. Bucks' facility, with his upbeat attitude, positivity. You know, they call him the human Celsius, or I call him the human Celsius, right. everything <laughs> like that. I know it's crazy because this is his first year calling plays, but I don't know. I Just the demeanor that, that Dave Canales has, I think eventually – he could be a head coach in the NFL. And I don't. I think it's way too early to say that he could be a head coach by next season. But I don't know. I, don't, I think crazier things have happened in the NFL. That's all yeah. I'll say. Well, here's two things to consider. All right, let's, let's attack the premise, right? Does it make sense, though, if the Buccaneers are going to fire Todd Bowles, what's, what's you know, the scenario in which Bowles gets fired, right? The, the Bucs are bad. They're losing games. Yeah. Well, how are they losing? Todd Bowles' defense is pretty good, right? It so it, are, are they losing because of his defense, because his defense doesn't rise to the occasion? Eh, maybe. But more likely, they might be losing because of the offense. If the points aren't there again, and maybe it's incrementally better. Maybe it's 19 or 20 points yeah. per game, but they're still getting outscored a little bit. Maybe they're losing games 21-20, 23-20, right, where the defense is doing a little bit enough to kind of get you there. The offense is just still not quite there yet. I don't think that's going to happen. but if that's the case, if Todd Bowles goes, the new head coach comes in, he's going to probably change the offense to bring in a new coordinator, right? Because the offense yeah. wasn't good enough to get wins. So there's one scenario. The second scenario is, is what happens if the offense really lights it up and, and Bowles, uh, his game day decisions underwhelm, the defense takes a step back, et cetera. Then it might be a situation where you're looking at, you know, Dave Canales, maybe being the replacement. Now, that's crazy as that sounds. I know. This is one of those those guys that has an aura about him. This is a P.J. Fleck type guy where he is now going to be fast-tracked for success, I believe. I'd be shocked if Dave Canales is, is not successful as an offensive coordinator here for a year or two and will be a head coach probably within three years in Tampa or somewhere else. Now, having said that, the thing with Canales is if you go back and look at at what's transpired, the Buccaneers, the Glaziers, they've they've taken a shot at a very young, unproven guy before to be a head coach. That was Raheem Morris, okay? And Raheem Morris was in his early 30s. Dave Canales is in his early 40s, right? So that, that may not be as big of a stretch going with Canales as it is Raheem Morris. Raheem, remember, Raheem Morris was supposed to be John Gruden's defensive coordinator replacing Monty Kiffin. Yeah. But they decided to fire Gruden. So – Raheem Morris went from being a defensive backs coach to being head coach. So it's not exactly a leap if they were to, under this hypothetical scenario, replace Bowles with Canales. But where? what's the other X factor here? Jason Light's done this before. He has. Lovey Smith was fired. Now, granted, Jason Light didn't hire Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith hired Jason Light. But it lasted two years. And then Lovey Smith got fired and 
Jason Light is the one who wanted to promote the offensive coordinator, Dirk Cutter, to become the head coach. So kind of crazy to think about. Uh, yeah, a number of things would have to fall into place, and mostly it being how are they losing and like w- what is the storyline of it? You can't just look yeah. at the score, you know. And okay, if the offense only improves a little bit, it's like, well, you improved a little bit with Baker as your quarterback versus you right. had Tom Brady last year. How much better was Baker? And but that's another thing for Canals too is like if this offense is successful, yeah. He's got a great resume of like, man, I helped Geno Smith turn around. I helped. I mean, talk yeah. about QB Whisperer with Bruce Arians. Right. Dave Canals might be the new QB <laughs> right. Whisperer. Now, we're way, way, way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. I mean, the preseason, we've seen one solid preseason quarter right. from Dave Canals in the offense. So there's a very long way to go. We appreciate this uh, super chat from Catamax that says, uh, Can- uh, $5 super chat that says, Canals for future head coach. I like his energy. Let's see if it translates to success. I think it will. Another thing we have to consider for all the people that keep saying the Bucs are tanking for Caleb Williams. The Bucs are going to get yeah. Caleb Williams. I understand it's a very quarterback heavy draft, so you can still find someone else. They're not getting Caleb Williams because clearly right. the Cardinals are going to be the worst yeah. team in the league. And if I'm the Cardinals, I start over. I, they did get right. Kyler Murray a huge contract. But, I mean, odds are they're going to start over with Caleb Williams or trade that spot to another team that's looking for a quarterback. This is Dave Canales' one shot to be an offensive coordinator. If he fails here this year, Bowles gets fired, Canales gets fired, Dave is probably going back to being a quarterback's coach or a receiver's coach, right? Dave Canales does not want to tank. He does not want to lose. Todd Bowles does not want to to lose this season for a quarterback because if he loses, he could be fired with two back-to-back losing seasons He's not going to get another shot at being a head coach ever in this league without having a, a winning record at some point in time. And he didn't have that with the yeah. Jets and he wouldn't have had that with the Bucks. So, no, Dave Canales, Todd Bowles, Jason Light, the Lasers, nobody wants to lose in this organization. Nobody wants to tank for a quarterback. Oh, and by the way, Matt, this is like the deepest quarterback draft probably in recent memory coming up. There could be as many as 20 quarterbacks drafted as many as 12 within the first three rounds. This is one of those years where you don't need to be in the top five or the top 10 to have a good quarterback. You're yeah. going to find a good quarterback in the second round in this year's draft. This is the one year where you can fall into no man's land and kind of be okay. Because another yeah. scenario is what if the Bucks go eight, nine, nine and eight, and you're in one of those situations like, eh, you're not good enough to be a contender. But you clearly don't stink enough to get a top five pick. What do you do? Do you re-sign Baker Mayfield? Do you go with Kyle Trask if they're in the scenario where Trask ends up playing this season? What do you do? Well, Mm -hmm. you do have another option of we can get our quarterback of the future in this year's draft late in the first round or in that second round or something like that. And, you know, as we're learning more and more, depending on how your offense is, and as we've talked about, this offense is very quarterback-friendly you saw what San Fran has done with Brock Purdy. It is possible to win with a quarterback that isn't a yeah. top five quarterback. They're not instantly going to be Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, but you can build a foundation. Right. And that's what Canales is doing. And again, I always go back to why did they re-sign Jamel Dean on defense? Why did they re-sign Levante David if they're really right. going to uh, they're really going to tank? Why bring back all of these yeah. great players? I don't it, know. Exactly. I'm with you. Grizz says PR live from the eye of the storm. No, we're going to be hunkered down 
for the eye of the storm. So again, no Peter Report podcast tomorrow. If we uh, get a thousand dollar super chat, I will go on Instagram yes, live there we go. Uh, from my balcony. <laughs> yes, thousand <laughs> so dollar super chat. Hey, we'll yeah. we'll do the whole damn thing. We'll we'll we'll, well yeah we'll do a whole plug show. in the we'll generators and everything. We'll we'll do yeah. the whole show. No yeah. doubt about it. Another PR question here: Does anyone from Peter Report actually attend home games? Yes, we have. Three seats in the press box. Uh, that's about the normal uh, number of press box seats for media outlets and operations. So we have three. We kind of rotate uh, between our pewter reporters that go up in the press box and then the rest watch from home and do a live stream. We'll be doing the live stream again. Uh, the, we're going to be calling it Pewter Game Day again. And that's yeah. going to be starting up for that uh, season opener against the Minnesota Vikings. We'll have some more news on that uh, next week. Yeah, very excited for it. Just want to reiter reiterate to everybody with the uh, with the game day stream, we want you guys to enjoy watching the Buccaneers game. But yeah. we're also going to provide different like analysis and our reactions. So we want you to watch it in the sense of Bucks score a touchdown. Awesome. Oh, now let me see Matt's reaction to it or whoever's on the show, right. their reaction to it and things like that. So enjoy the game. Enjoy watching us as well. And, of course, we'll be interacting with everybody uh, in the comments as well. So, yeah essentially watch both um but yeah just we'll, we'll have more information on it next week very yeah. excited to get back into it as mark fisher says hey guys think stinny is hanging on by a thread bucks need to bring another center yeah i mean these are the guys really that that ended up making it the final eight players if you will on that roster so if you sit there and go from one to 53 not sure which guys number 53 and 52 and 51 and 50, et cetera. But these are the final players that ended up making the team. So let's go down this list here real quick. Keyshawn Vaughn made it for two reasons. Number one, he can play special teams and he has experienced it as a gunner. I don't know his special teams tackles from the last game, but he was leading the team with two special teams tackles coming into the preseason finale. So if you're a backup running back, you got to play on teams. And he actually can do it. Uh, right now, you're looking at Sean Tucker is going to be running back number two for this team. He's just Good. flashed enough. As he should and, be. Yeah. And Chase Edmonds has been hurt. He's been hurt in training camp. He's been hurt in the preseason. And I, I hope they can count on him. But at the same time, uh, I think part of the reason, the second reason why they kept Keyshawn Vaughn is because they're not exactly sure if he's going to be available for the Vikings game. And why do you want to go into a, a running uh, you know, back situation with two running backs when you're going to run the ball, you got to have at least three healthy bodies. And I think that's why Vaughn made the team. Stinney, you know, um, I, I think they went with experience here because yeah. he, he, he did have a, a better camp than he did last year, even before he got hurt in the Tennessee preseason game. But Stinney has some experience. Yes. Uh, he was not on my final 53 because he was not as versatile as the other players, but he does bring some experience to the table. And yeah, I, I think that that accounts for a lot because he's been there and done that in playoffs in the Super Bowl, et cetera. And, yeah, and that, and, you know, you, you, you've seen him over the last couple of years. Yeah. And I also think the Bucs can't go in just expecting, oh, Cody Malk's going to be great. <laughs> you know, right. like if he struggles, I think they should make a move, whether it's Leverett or. Or if, it, or if it's Aaron Stinney. I think we kind of learned that last year with Luke Gedeke. The Bucks probably held on a little bit too long with Gedeke as the starter, understanding, oh, we need him to develop. I totally get that side of it. But once again, the Bucks don't have that luxury this year. Todd Bowles does not have that luxury of holding on for too long. So, yeah, I don't mind Stinney being on this team. Obviously, it hurts that he doesn't play center. 
Right. But it, if there's an injury or something like that, or they need to make a switch with Mel, I, I feel okay with Stinney in there. I do too. At the same time, I, I think that he's probably the last guy on the offensive line depth chart. Yeah. And if there is a better option becomes available in the waiver wire, I think that he is probably a little vulnerable, you know, Mm -hmm. we'll see now for Mike green. We talked about this yesterday when, when Pat O'Connor got released, he's just kind of coming on, right? He had spent the last year on the practice squad and they think he's a better defensive tackle than Pat O'Connor was. Pat O'Connor didn't make this team because he was a defensive tackle. He made this team because he was a special teamer that had kind of a unique body type at about 275 pounds. And to his credit, he got up to 300 pounds this offseason to be more of a defensive tackle type body. But Mike Green just was a player that, that was really coming on at the defensive tackle position. And uh, so that that's the reason why they, they went there. Cam Gill and Marquise Watts, Matt, I mean, both of these guys, they ended up making the team. Uh, I, I don't think either one is, is in danger of being released, but – when you have four guys, right, we know that JTS and and Shaq Barrett are the starters and Anthony Nelson and Yaya Diaby are the backups. They ended up keeping these guys because they have value on special teams and they're up and coming young pass rushers. Yeah, they, I think they're both deserving of making it. I could see one of them getting cut in a situation of, oh, we need to fill another spot and oh, yes. we have like we have a surplus of outside linebackers. Let's, Correct. Uh, move on to the practice squad. So I could see that type of situation, but as we talked about before, building depth at at outside linebacker with two uncertainties being completely different. One, a series injury to Shaq Barrett, the other just lack of production or efficient production from Joe Tryon-Shanka. I think both guys, there are times where players do so well and they still don't make the team. And it's it's frustrating to see. I think JJ Russell is the perfect example of that. I'm glad that these guys both got rewarded for legitimately playing well and therefore earning their job. Watts definitely more getting after the quarterback, making some plays, turning the ball over. And Cam Gill, just his overall hustle. I mean, he's perfect. He's tailor-made for special teams with the hustle that he brings. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, with KG Britt, we've talked about that before. I don't really see what the coaches see in him, but he is a cerebral player that knows this defense. I think he's limited athletically. But he's a really good special teams player. He's a core special teams player. And that's probably what has him hanging on to this roster spot. If if this team sees J.J. Russell, if they end up re-signing him for the practice squad, continue to ascend, and maybe that's what Russell needs, just a little bit more time to flash, then you might see a switch there. K.J. Britt, uh, I, you know, I, I think that right now he's probably the, the third guy on the depth chart just because of the experience he has in this defense yeah. and maybe missing these two preseason games has slowed Servasia Dennis's ascension up the depth chart. But I, I think yes. that's probably what it is. Servasia definitely had a lot of momentum uh, going into training camp and even yeah. after the first two weeks, but it, it, the best ability, as we say, is availability. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're not around for that, then Buck's got to go in another d- direction. So KJ Britt somehow still makes it, even though he was injured. But we could see yeah. a swap JJ for KJ. That's right. Uh, in this one. And then the last two positions, both Josh Hayes and Derek Pitts Jr. I think Pitts is probably the biggest surprise for me. He really had to have excelled on special teams because we saw Keenan Isaac was really the player who was getting those number two reps along with Zion McCollum 
all throughout the preseason, starting back in the OTAs, Matt. It was kind of crazy. And then the rookie minicamp and then not the rookie minicamp, but the minicamp, then during training camp. And then even during the preseason, it was Keenan um, yeah. uh, Isaac who was out there with the number twos. And so for him to get released, I think it boils down to two things. Isaac did miss a lot of tackles, right? And yeah. maybe maybe they're giving Pitts credit for being a better tackler. I, I didn't watch enough of Pitts, honestly, to, to make that conclusion myself. I'm just speculating. Then the, the other thing is it comes down to special teams. Those last eight positions we were talking about uh, – Keith Armstrong has a lot of influence and say on that because sometimes the tie comes down to, all right, Keith, we like both of these guys. We like, you know, we like Josh Hayes. We like Derek Pitts. We like Keenan Isaac. We're going to keep two. Who are the, the best two out of three on special teams, right? So that sometimes is where your special teams coordinator comes into play. And he might say, uh, you know, Todd, I know you like Keenan uh, Isaacs better as a corner. Derek Pitts and Josh Hayes are way better special teamers. And if we're going to keep Isaac on the roster in the 53, he's got to play teams. And I don't feel nearly as confident as I do with these, with these two. With Hayes, with Hayes too, there's also position flexibility. Yeah, exactly. Play outside corner. He can play in the nickel. Yeah. Versatility there for Hayes. I think is definitely a big part of why he made this team. I still think Isaac is a fine developmental type of player that yeah. they can still really mold him on the practice squad like they've tried to do with other players out there. And I think why Pitts probably made it over um, Keenan Isaac is Isaac made more splash plays with the interceptions and stuff, but there's also the negative of the huge plays allowed where Pitts didn't necessarily have – Pitts had a fair amount of pass breakups, but didn't get burnt like toast, kind of like how Keenan Isaac did in some of those situations. So that's probably why, as we know, Todd Bowles, keep everything in front of you. Don't allow the big play. Um, that's probably where it came down to with Pitts getting some more of those pass breakups, but keeping everything in front of him. If you want to make some big plays on the bets that you make, maybe hit a couple of big parlays. The best place to do that is over at mybookie.ag. And of course they got their online casino going on at the moment. Um, it's new and improved and it's here to change the game. You can dive into a truly realistic casino experience featuring the latest in slots, progressive jackpots and live dealer action all from the comfort of your own home take advantage of the weekly blackjack tournaments and a brand new collection of high-end games for a chance at real cash rewards your adventure at the my bookie casino begins today with a generous sign up using the bonus promo code pewter that's p-e-w-t-e-r to secure yourself a sweet deposit bonus and that's not all because their revamped loyalty program ensures that you'll be showered with rewards including free spins, cashback offers, and a host of exclusive VIP perks. So the more you play, the more you win. Play anytime, anywhere with the MyBookie Casino. Of course, you can get up to $1,000 with your first deposit bonus using the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is the deal. So go to MyBookie.ag. There's football's back, so there's plenty of college football to bet on. I went yes. one over in week zero, so looking to bring that momentum to this week. NFL's back next week. Got UFC fights, golf, baseball still going on. Um, so right. a lot of sports to bet on at the moment at mybookie.ag. And folks, I just went over to mybookie.ag. I reloaded because I was a little dry. I didn't have a great year last year <laughs> betting college football. I'm going to listen to Matt Matera a lot more. Uh, this guy knows his stuff when it comes to to wagering. So I'm, I'm going to be a disciple uh, of Matt Matera here when it comes to um, 
to my my wagers this year. But that six and a half line for the Buccaneers over under win, so it was still there at my yeah. bookie AG, and I pounded that hard. I'm um, I, I'm not giving any gambling advice. I'm telling you what I did. I pounded the over on that. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to have um, below six wins or six wins or below. I think it's going to be seven or more, or more this year, uh, provided they can stay somewhat healthy. I don't think they'll be perfectly healthy. I'm not predicting Super Bowl for this team, but I do believe that they're going to hit uh, the over on that for sure. Matt, your thoughts on that? I feel very confident about over six and a half wins. I feel very confident about uh, Mike Evans to get over 875 receiving yards. Are you kidding me? This guy's gotten a thousand every single year, but to go back to the over six and a half, I think if they take care of business in the NFC South, if they, I'm not expecting them to go six and oh in the NFC South, but if they could sweep one of those teams, Carolina, I'm really dialing in on and then split with the Falcons and, and the Saints, that's four and two right there. That's right. Then you take advantage of, uh, you know, the AFC South, where, yes, the Jaguars are tough, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Colts and Texans with rookie quarterbacks, those right. are very winnable games right mm-hmm. there. If you can go, you know, if you go two and two in the AFC South or maybe even three and one, you're talking about six, seven wins right there. And then any given Sunday, you, you steal another win here or there. So, yeah. yeah, six and a half, I feel really good about that with the Bucs. Yeah. Meets McGee with a five dollar super chat. We thank you all for these pre-hurricane yes, been super chats. Awesome. This is awesome. Um, Isaac needs to hit the weight room. Uh, I so I hope he, I hope we can get him on the practice squad so he can develop more. Yeah. The other thing too is just looking at this, and sometimes the 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 smaller school guys can make a successful transition. Right. Um, it's a big jump from Alabama State to the yeah. NFL. Alabama to the NFL is one thing. Alabama State to the NFL <laughs> is another. Just as I am a column going from Sam Houston to the NFL last year, right? A lot of growing pains and bumps in the road there. And, and I'm not saying that just because you play at, in a, a power five division one school, an FBS school, you're going to have success. But the fact that Derek Pitts came from North Carolina state, right? Where he's played the likes of, you know, the power five teams for, for years in college, he's closer to seeing NFL caliber talent on a weekly basis on Saturdays throughout his college career than Keenan Isaac was at Alabama state. So there's that too. Yeah, no question about it. Um, yeah, he, he is Keenan Isaac is lanky and yeah, not too much muscle on him, but as we've seen guys like, I mean, defensive tackles don't get me wrong, but like Logan Hall's put yeah. on weight. It's very possible that Keenan Isaac can as well. So yeah, I like the idea of having a developmental guy, see what he yeah. can do. Darius with the comment, Darius Miller says with the limited amount of cap space, do you think we'll see an extension for Evans to sign other quality players recently cut slash waived? Yeah, they need to. We're getting down to the wire here where they have to make another roster move. So either a Mike Evans extension or a Mike Evans restructure where they add void years onto that. That's another option. Uh, so I've been told. So they can do a couple things. They can restructure Mike's last year of his deal without extending it. They essentially extend it, but they had voidable years. So those mm. years don't really count. So Mike is still slated for free agency. It just pushes some of that cap money there. The Bucks, I don't want to say they're disheartened. They're just a little disappointed because they were expecting to get this deal done before the start of the season, uh, preferably by the end of training camp. It didn't happen. Uh, so th- this is Mike's last big payday, right? You can't blame the guy for wanting no. to get paid and probably more than, than Chris Godwin, who's making $20 million a year. So that number 
probably the the floor would be 20 million and you're going to see him might get paid more than 20 million per year and and rightfully so he's he's receiver 1a and chris yes. godwin love the guy but he's 1b that's just how it is um the other possibility from what i've been told or heard or gathered is a possible restructure of Shaq Barrett. They've kind of wanted to put that off because he's going to be 31 later this year. He's coming off that torn Achilles. In the offseason, they weren't sure about his headspace. And gosh, he lost his daughter to a tragic yeah. accident. How how could you you blame him for exactly for, for being in, in a very difficult place mentally? But they're so encouraged by, by what they've seen in training camp. I mean, Matt, you and I were there the first day of training camp. This guy's Dropping back good. in coverage, he's looked good. He's he really good. has. So, uh, I think the team now is is becoming a little bit more open minded to possibly doing something with Shaq Barrett. But it's really those two guys. It's Shaq Barrett or Mike Evans. You're either going to see an extension for Evans. If they can't get that done, they might restructure that contract and add some dummy voidable years, push some of that salary cap money uh, down the road a bit, which you know they don't want to do. They want to get Mike extended. But the other option. Uh, if because remember, Mike has to agree to this and they're kind of like negotiating right now for an extension. Yeah. So uh, it's not like Mike would sit there and say, OK, well, let's show the extension talk. But let's restructure. No, it's I, I think his agents would probably say, no, if we're going to do a deal with Mike, it's not going to be any more restructures. It's going to be an extension. So it might force the Buccaneers to go to Shaq Barrett and do a restructure there and end up pushing some of that money into future years because they feel a little bit better about where he is physically after seeing him play all the training camp didn't really miss a day outside of like a veteran rest yeah, a couple of veteran days off yeah. here and there but yeah shacks looked great i want to make one thing clear real yeah. quick for everybody to everybody saying that mike evans is getting traded the bucks are going to trade him to this team or that team they're yeah. not trading mike evans That's i don't know right. what else we have to do to convince everybody Mike Evans is going nowhere. He's yeah. staying with the Bucks. They are not trading Mike Evans. Right. Thank yeah. you. He wants an extension. He wants to stay here. That's just how it is. And you know what? Listen, if you want to stay here and maybe you want to find a new house or maybe you want to come here to Florida, why wouldn't you? I've been here for 28 years now. I haven't left the state yet since moving from Kansas. So, uh, But if you do want to move around the state of Florida, or if you do want to move to Florida, or let's say, you know, your job takes you outside the state and you have to sell your house. Folks, there's one place to do it. And that's with Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group uh, Realty. That's the official realtor of PeterReport.com. Now, the thing about Eric that I love is he is a Tampa native. I also love he's a Pewter Report podcast viewer and Pewter Report reader. So that certainly helps things in, in my book when, when I'm, you know, talking to this guy about possibly becoming an advertising uh, partner. But what I what I love about Eric is when I got to know him, he is a likable, genuine guy. He truly cares about people. We even posted a, a message from Eric on our Twitter and Facebook accounts yesterday where he wants everybody to stay, stay safe. Uh, if you need him for any possible reason for real estate uh, concerns, uh, you know, he threw out his number out there. And I'm going to throw it out here. Two for you. It's 513-907-4271. You're not going to find a more genuine, helpful guy in the real estate market. He has got the experience to help you find not just the right house, but the right community. That means a lot. It's not just a house. It's a home. It's a place where you live. You got to find the right fit, the right neighborhood. And Eric being a Tampa native, his father was stationed in McDill. He knows this area. 
He's got the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, a commitment to excellence that sets him apart. They have a strong team of vendors, a network of over 85,000 agents. The Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into realty. Here's what I want you to do. Go to housesandfla.com, housesandfla.com. It's a great website. You can check out their inventory. It's a great resource for if you're considering buying a home or selling a home. And the Eric Gross Group, let them take the pressure off you. No matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you'll feel right at home with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. As we wrap up the show, uh, one last thing about wide receivers. I think one of the other little surprising uh, cuts was David Moore not making yeah. this team. And I'll be honest, like I understand, how, I, I want him on the Bucks as like that veteran yeah. presence helping out the guys. But he didn't, I, in my opinion, I don't think he did enough in the preseason to really warrant like, oh, he he's a lot to make this team. Like yeah. He had some drops both right. in training camp and, and in the preseason games. It was a little surprising that he didn't make it, but I'm not sitting here being like, oh, man, he's I'm not banging right. the table for David. Yeah. That's all. I, you're right. And I think the, the reason – see, part of this goes into how did the Bucks get these guys back, right? Like yes. they make calculated gambles. How did they get them back in the practice squad? And part of it is like with John Wolford. He is a short quarterback who has dealt with injuries, even had one during this, this yeah. preseason, right? Uh, they're going to cut him and they're expecting him not to be claimed as, as a backup because of those injuries, because he hasn't really lit it up in the league so far. He wants to come back to Tampa, but that's why they're releasing him. And I think it's the same thing with David Moore. He's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. He was out of the, uh, the league last year. His last stop was in Chicago. Yeah. He didn't really latch on as anything more than wide receiver three or four in Seattle for four years. So his career never really took off. He's always been kind of like one of those Brashad Perriman types. And Perriman mm -hmm. just got cut yesterday from his team. So I, th I think that's why nobody was was banging the door down to sign David Moore this offseason. And like you, like you said, Matt, he didn't do enough to wow you in the preseason. He was good, but I think good enough for the practice squad, maybe not for this roster. But he does have some value in that if you do need him, he does know this offense. He is yeah. a veteran player. He's got 13 touchdowns. But – you can see why this team believes he will pass waivers, clear waivers, and then end up on the practice squad. I don't think there's any question about it. Here, There's value to him on the Bucks, but his value is as a practice squad player helping out yeah. everybody else on the team. And if another team takes him, eh, the more power to them. But I yeah. think David, David Moore, his role is a practice squad teacher helping, helping the rest of these young receivers. That's right. Uh, listen, folks, uh, tomorrow, again, no Peter Report podcast, no Bucks practice. There will be practice on Thursday. We will have a podcast on Thursday, and that's the night I am hopeful to do my Peter Report underdog fantasy draft. That's right. If you want to play some fantasy football against the Peter Report staff, well, you can do that. You can play against me. Email me at sr at peterreport.com or, or play Matt Matera, matt at peterreport.com or Josh Capo, josh.com. Capo, that's spelled Q-U-I, I'm sorry, Q-U-E-I-P-O. That's Q-U-E-I-P-O at gmail.com for audio listeners. And uh, if you want to play Bailey Adams, Bailey J Adams 22 at gmail.com. So if you want to play the Peter Report staff, email us. I'm holding my fantasy draft on Thursday night. That's when I'm planning to do it. And I'll email you all the details and particulars. But you got to sign up first at Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code Pewter for a sign-up bonus, and then you'll have some free money to, to play with and draft your team. Now, the best thing about 
Underdog Fantasy right now before the season starts is Best Ball Mania 4. It's $15 million in total prizes, $3 million to first place. So it's a great way to uh, win some money and test your knowledge against myself and others and, and also the entire Underdog Fantasy realm out there. Now, Underdog Fantasy is the place to go. It's the official fantasy place for, for Peter Report. They've got a great app where you can do all the stuff on your phone. 15 million in prizes, as I said. The best part about this is, is you there's no trades or waivers. It's no management season long. You draft a team, $25 to enter, and you set it and forget it. You draft enough quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends to get you through the year. The best scores from your players every week will be what's registered and tabulated for you. So it's it's a great way for people like myself. I, I don't have enough time to make all these trades and do all of the roster management in season. I'm, I'm yeah. locked on the Tampa Bay Buccaneer football team in terms of coverage. This is a great way to play a fantasy football. You do a draft before the season. You draft enough depth to get you through the season. You set it and forget it. And again, you can uh, always um, – uh, continue on with with underdog fantasy once the season started matt there's a couple different ways to play yeah over unders um you know you could do a weekly game as well so a lot of fun on underdog fantasy and before yeah. we wrap up we got to every single super chat so uh That's scott right. jacks thank you for the 499 thank super you chat. scott says the reason i lean to matthew and scotty is they one answer questions in detail and are prepared in all caps with multiple exclamation points yeah. Thank you so much, Scott Chat. That, that is very nice of you. Yeah, we try to bring on the best show as possible. This may have been the best show ever that it might have been. we have done in the face of adversity with a yes. hurricane coming. So uh, one more reminder, there is no podcast tomorrow with the hurricane coming. Um, we're going to make sure that uh, everything's set with uh, with our local residences um, and the Bucks aren't practicing anyway. We will have a show on Thursday at 4 p.m., and uh, potentially Friday as well. But in the meantime, you can follow all of our content at pewterreport.com. Please follow us on our social media on X, now known or now X, formerly known as Twitter, on Instagram, Threads, and Facebook. We are at Peter Report, and our YouTube channel is Peter Report TV. We've had multiple videos up today. We always keep that going with the podcast, various clips uh, of practice, and other things that we're always talking about. So, yeah, uh, yeah please follow us at Peter Report TV. But that's going to do it for us. On this afternoon show, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We will see you on Thursday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Stay safe, everybody. Out. Stay safe.